and welcome to this week's Devil in Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson and we're here talking about all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we have Paul White. Is that right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you okay? How's your week been, mate? All right, yeah, I say the same thing every week, don't I? Busy, <laughs> busy, busy, busy. But yeah, I'm doing okay, not doing too bad. Looking forward to the match this week. Uh, so, saw a bit of rugby last weekend on Sky, watched a bit of the Australian rugby as well, which, uh, which I really enjoyed, actually. I don't tend to watch much television, but I caught a bit of the game on uh, Saturday morning, Newcastle Knights and... Who else was it? Sydney Roosters. Um, Sonny Bill Williams came off the bench and very impressed, actually, with the Roosters. I, I really enjoyed it. It was a good match and I caught the Wigan and Catalans game on Saturday and uh, enjoyed that as well and sort of watched it like um, a bit of a spy, really. Watching, I suppose, like with the eyes of Wattle. Just looking at what sort of um, holes I could pick in Catalan, and yeah, I think I think we can beat them on Saturday. So, so yeah, other than that, mate, busy, busy doing uh, my work and what have you. But looking forward to our uh, Challenge Cup quarterfinal this uh, this Friday. Yeah, I've had a, I've had a mixed week. I had a, had a great week. Uh, started the week, you know, talking talking about watching TV. I watch uh, watch Dave Woods uh, Water Splash final documentary. Uh, fantastic, um, you know, piece of documentary footage there. You know all. All the goings on, the, the 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 splashing around in the in on the on the pitch in the final, and you know so much drama uh, in it as well. Yeah, it's a fantastic documentary that I've actually watched the game a couple of times over the years on the old videos. My dad used to get the old cup final videos. It was great, a great match, that great ending to the game, and it was a real shame that, that Don Fox couldn't kick that that goal because. You know, he just gets remembered for that. But if you actually you know, watch the game, he, he, he was fantastic in the game. The, the way he kicked kicking game was superb. I mean, if you look at the ball in the, them days, the ball was dead heavy and it would have been dead heavy without watering. But the way he sort of umped it about and led from the front, you know, he's an all-round player, really. Terrific player. And he's a sad story, really, that. And, you know, I, I think he, he never really got over that, did he? You know, that, that disappointment that day. I think it was on his shoulders for, for years afterwards. So... Quite quite a sad story, but you know, a great documentary. I really enjoyed it when I watched it. Yeah, I've got to echo echo your your thoughts there, Paul. It, like you say, you never seem to get over it. And I think it kind of shows that you know, some sometimes big events in people's lives, if it goes the wrong way, they just never seem to to shake it off. And I suppose in modern sport, you have psychologists now, don't you, and things like that to try and you know keep the players focused and make them sort of switch off from what, what happened before. But it, it was it was sad, uh, especially when the, you know, later on, so I think it was like, was it the 10-year or 20-year anniversary where they, they get into kick goals, um, you know, at Wembley, trying to like, you know, reproduce it. I just thought it was a bit, that was just a bit too close to the bone for me. Yeah, I, I thought that, yeah, I, I saw that bit in the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in the documentary. But you think, I mean, just thinking back to the game there, I mean, he was a player ahead of his time, really, because if you watch the kickoff at the end, when he kicks for Ken Hurst and when he goes through and scores, he dummies that kick, really. And it's a great kick, the way it bounces, and then obviously Hurst kicks it through and scores. But even sort of, sort of stuff like that, I mean, if Don Fox hadn't played, they probably would have got hammered anyway, Wakefield. And I think it was a shame that his brother Neil Fox didn't play, because I think Neil Fox was injured. And, um, you know, he, he's a fantastic player, wasn't he? Talisman for Wakefield, and I think if he'd have been in the team. I think they'd they beat Leeds comfortably, but it's one of those games that I put, I put it in my preview this week. I was talking about the Challenge Cup and what have you. It's it's one of those games that everybody remembers, and I think that's that's what's special about the competition. You know, some of the games that they've had at Wembley, particularly the old Wembley over the years, the legendary games, aren't they? Games that you can remember, and you know, just watching back on obviously that game was before our time, but just watching it back there, they, they like spine spine tingling moments, aren't they? They are, they are Paul, and you know it was it was really emotional. I thought I thought it was fantastically done by by Dave Woods, and you know really kind of like sort of showed the story behind the behind the scenes and what, especially getting all the old players behind you know back together watching it watching it back, and they talk about that the sort of the dumb, the, the the moment with the scoring the try in the last the last second and, and the missed kick, but. Why? I mean, sorry. What about the you know the penalty try that that they give to Leeds? That's never a try in a million years. I don't even. even sort of understand how the referee, you know, gives that. No, no, I thought that. I think Wakefield um, were very hard to to in that game, to be honest with you, and Leeds were pretty, pretty fortunate. I think if you watch at the end, the way Leeds celebrate, they, they, they thought they were down and out there, didn't they? And I think they knew they'd got out of jail uh, winning that match. And No, but a great game, and it was just a, a real shame that, you know, we had to, to miss the goal, and 
like you say before, like we've both said, I felt really sorry for him, you know, just listening to him the way the way he was because I think it's David Coleman who interviews him after the game, the old yeah. question of sport guy. And he sort of says to, to, to Don Fox, you know, you've just won the you know the Lance Todd trophy for man of the match and he's just not bothered at all. He's like Oh, great. Thanks, David. Yeah, brilliant. Because he just doesn't care, does he? Because obviously he wanted to win the game for his team. But, you know, God bless him. God rest his soul. Don Fox, fantastic player. I mean, fantastic family, the, the Fox family. You know, Peter Fox as well. What a great player and coach he was as well, who's no longer with us. And Neil Fox, I had the pleasure to meet Neil Fox at Wakefield a few years ago when Salford played there. And I'd be pictured up with him and he was a bit sort of um, made up really I said to him can I have my autograph and he's like oh yeah of course you can as if nobody ever asked him and I, I was I've got it in my, my drawer actually at home and uh, no what what an absolute legend in the sport yeah so if you can you know I'm sure you'll get it on BBC iPlayer uh, or something like that you know get a chance to, to watch it it's fantastic viewing um, and then a couple of days ago Paul um, I've got a bit of sciatic pain in, in my lower back really really oh, painful yeah. Yeah, I know all about that. I had six months off work with it a few years ago. You can yeah. remember me at Wigan. Do you remember at Wigan? You, had to, you and my dad had to carry me back to the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, oh, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit like myself, Paul. I'm, wa- I'm walking around like uh, Julie Walters delivering soup at the moment. It's it's not good. It's not good. Uh, are you going to see a doctor over it? <sighs> I don't know. It's just come on the last couple of days. I, um, I think I might need like a, I'll have a knock bath and just, and just hope and pray. Bit of movement. I looked on the Doctor Google, and it said uh, movement, uh, hot and cold treatment, uh, and thoughts and prayers. That's what it said. Yeah, chiropractor might be a good idea. My wife went to one in Salford actually. On um, where was it now? Just not far from where your mum and dad live, down oh, yeah. Lancaster Road, down there. Yeah, she went down there a few weeks ago because I dropped her off, and me and me and my little girl went in Beulah Park for a wander around, and we had a walk to the Willows actually, but. That was another story, but uh, but yeah, she went and she's been been fine since he sort of clicked her back into place. So, could be an option. It's a, it is an option. It is an option, Paul. I'll keep you keep you informed. Um, I bought myself a new computer chair for work as well, so that might that might fix it. Because I'm sat on a dining chair at the moment. It's not it's not good for me. I have to get yourself one of them beaded. Beaded, beaded, sorry, beaded seat covers. What taxi drivers used to have? Do you mean get one? <laughs> You already got one. Oh, I can dig one of them out, don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, loads to talk about um, on the, on this week's uh, show. Um, we're going to be talking all things Soul for Red Devils, all the big news coming out of the club. And also, Paul, we've got um, a big interview, haven't we, uh, with Chris Wellham. Yeah, yeah, I had a good chat with Chris uh, a couple of nights ago about his sort of career and... Just not not real an in depth chat. We just talk about the Challenge Cup really and what it meant to him. And uh, there was a few surprises in there about who he supported when he was a boy, which uh, I didn't know that. So uh, have a listen to that and see what you think. And then uh, we're going to be looking back at the uh, well, looking forward to the Catalan game. So it's uh, it's good fun this. Yeah, certainly is. Like we said before, an exciting game against Catalan quarterfinals of the cup. We've not played a game yet, but we're in the quarterfinals. So yeah, really excited for that. So let's start uh, with the with the news, Paul. Um, shirt sponsor draw uh, for our sponsors. Hopefully, uh, lots of businesses getting involved in in that. You can get involved in the draw. Seven hundred fifty pound plus VAT uh, and get lots and lots of uh, you know goodies with that. Yeah, certainly, and give you a bit of exposure as well. When you're getting your, your name on the shirt, I mean, look at last season, we were getting to the grand final, how much exposure you would have got there. But, but yeah, definitely, uh, we seem to sell quite a few shirts as well, so you can get your, get your name on it. It's going to get your company and your businesses, uh, you know, plenty of exposure around the, around the country. And with the games being on Sky as well, it's, it's something that's uh, definitely worth uh, worth doing. Yeah, you get your logo displayed on the, the playing shirts, uh, plus two 1873 season tickets. Um, you also get the logo displayed in the centre of, tr- of the training top. Uh, a match sponsor for the 2021 season. Uh, LED um, adverts through the 2021 season. And, and an exit box for 10 people for a, for a fixture in the 2021 season. So it's great that you know they get you know lots and lots of stuff to promote your, your business. 
Yeah, let's hope we can go in that box in 2021, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a long way off at the moment, doesn't it? But yeah, it sounds it sounds excellent, Matt, doesn't it? So, uh, so yeah, let's hope some businesses and people get involved in that, which I'm sure they will do because there's an awful lot of good sponsors and good people that uh, that back our club. Yeah. Um, other news as well, uh, Paul. The RFL and the football and the rugby union and other sporting bodies have been lobbying the government to try and get uh, fans back in. Uh, to the uh, the stadiums, um, I think I personally think it's a bit too soon. But I do understand that that clubs need sort of the revenue, don't they, of people coming in. Um, there's trials going on for one, you know one thousand fans and two thousand fans at the moment. So we'll probably have to see how that goes before they roll it out to everyone. But I understand the club's frustration because they've been told by the uh, the government that you know in October we'll open the 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 gates and people can come in and the clubs have kind of like pl- put that in the planning aren't they so for the government to say well we'll wait a minute we, you know we, we might not do it in october now you know might be a, a bit of a killer for the clubs yeah i think so robert i mean i'm all for it if i'm honest with you i mean you could go to the traffic center on a saturday there could be thousands and thousands of people in there so there's probably more people in there than you'd get in a, a rugby league stadium so as long as you you've got your mask on and you you know, you, you're washing your hands and you're sanitising your hands and whatever. I've, I've not got a problem with it at all. So I mean, it's, it's going to happen some. It's going to have to happen sometime, isn't it? And I mean, I, keep, I know they keep talking about like our rates and things like that. But what they need to remember is the government. An awful lot of people have been getting tested. Um, and let's let's have it right. You know, you go back to like March, April, May time. The roads were so quiet. Everyone was at home and nobody was out and about. Whereas now it's back to normal. I mean, I drove past a, a few schools where right near where I worked the other day and. It was like chucking out time when they all come out and there's a sort of a shop across the road with all the kids going on two at a time. And there must have been about 150, 200 kids outside the shop waiting to go in. No masks on, no social distancing. So people are sort of getting back to normal, aren't they? So I think, yeah, it could be, could be the time. I mean, obviously you've got to be tech precaution, you've got to be sensible. Um, but I think the clubs, the clubs need revenue and I think supporters need... Need to get back and need to go. And, you know, you've got to think about people's mental health as well sometimes. A lot of people have not been out or not been anywhere for months and you, know, you need to see people and you need to get back to a routine. And I think people have missed it. And I think it's important that people sort of get back to some sort of normality. Yeah, I think the problem is going to be getting sort of people's confidence in it to go back to a stadium. Um, um, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, won't we? Really. Um, but like I say, it's not going anywhere. And I suppose it's about just managing risks, and it? it's about you managing your own risk. And I suppose you're going masked up, but you're going, you know, with uh, with uh, hand sanitizer and, and you're just keeping your distance. You, you you can do. You can only do what you can do, can't you? Really, and that limits your your risk in it. Yeah, that's. It. I think. I think sometimes. It, I mean, I'm not going to go at the government. I'm not going to go at anybody. But you can't sort of police every single person in the country and run their life. And I suppose it's up to the individual. If an individual is comfortable doing something and they're willing to, to go out and take that risk. I mean, it sounds like you're not, but other people might be, they might want to go and that might, might be okay with going. So you've got, I suppose you've just got to take it on individual circumstances. I mean, every time you walk out your door in the morning, there's a risk and that, it, you know, you're coming back from, from work that day. I mean, I have risks at my job, whether it's gas, electric, water, you've got to be careful, you've got to take precautions. You do that every day anyway, don't you? So I think you just got to be sensible and, you know, there's a, there's a risk in everything that you do. Um, there's a risk in, like, if you play sport, there's a risk with your job. There's all sorts of risks, isn't there? So if you, sort of, for want of a better word, risk assess and you're comfortable doing something, well, I think you should be allowed to do it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it, really? It just needs, like... I say, but we'll see what the rules are. We don't know what 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 the you know the guidelines are going to be, do we, Paul? Um, you know, I'm going to read. I'm going to see what I think, and uh, you know, I, I probably will. You know, because I I probably you know weigh up the the risks and, and protect myself as much as you can. But it can't just be me. You know, the, you know, there's going to be you know old people who are out there as well in the same boat, aren't they? With with other ailments. So you know, everyone's going to have to make their own you know judgment call on, on what's going on, really. Yeah, I think so. I think that's fair, fair enough, and I'm pretty sure you'll get some people who, who like to go and some people who don't. But I think it's a start, isn't it? it it'll get people through the door and uh, and just take it from there. I suppose you've just got to keep taking the government advice best you can. It's very grey, though. I think from what the government say, I mean, some of the rules that they come up with, it's 
doesn't really make a lot of sense, does it? I mean, let's have it right about this six and this, that and the other. You can go to the pub and you can do this. It doesn't seem... I mean, I don't want to get into a debate on, on this because people want to hear about the rugby league, don't they? But it does seem very, very great at the moment that you can go to the pub and get smashed with six of your mates, but you can't go and see your, your sort of family. So it's, it's very, very strange times that we're in at the moment, but that's another story. It is, Paul. It is, Paul. But obviously, we'll keep being, you know, strong, and we'll we'll you'll know, get through it. That, that's that's what we do. We certainly do, mate. Um, Catalan game um, this week. You can watch it on the R League app uh, on Sky Sports. Have you have you managed to tune in for for that? For what? Sorry, the the R League app. I am I am on the R League app, but I've not I've not parted. Participated in any of the games this season? To be honest with you, no. I watched the. I've I've been able to get Sky for the for the cast game because it was mm-hmm. on um, Sky Sports Mix, which is a free channel on Sky, which I get. So I, I watched I've watched quite a few games on the last couple of rounds. Have been on there. The NRL's been on there as well. So I've been lucky enough to be able to, uh, be able to watch uh, watch watch the games that have been on. But I've not watched anything on the Hour League yet. But I believe it's very good. I am on there, and there's there's all sorts of good articles on there. I like the predictor. I normally go on the predictor on there and have a go at that. Not that I get many of them right, to be <laughs> honest. But it's a very good uh, very good website. Always bet responsibly, and only bet where you can lose. Yeah, and a top tip for you as well, Rob. Um, don't get greedy, and if you cash out. Is something reasonable? Well, cash out because because I didn't cash out the other day and ended up losing everything. So, cash out. <laughs> is that is that is that the lesson? Cash out. Is that is that what you took from your last acker? Yeah. Well, it was. Um, was it now Saturday night? I, I had Leeds and Liverpool for a draw, and it was three three, wasn't it? And I should have cashed out, and I, and I didn't. And Liverpool scored late on and I lost it, but I didn't lose much, but. I could have cashed out about forty odd quid and ended up with a fiver. Ah, uh, you see. <laughs> but I've got a bit of a dilemma on Salford, you know. I put a tenner on Salford last last November to win the Challenge Cup before the season started, and I got a fifty to one. So I'm on for five hundred quid now. But we've dropped. We've not played a game in the cup yet, and we've dropped to sixteen to one now. And I've got them at a fifty to one. Mm-hmm. And Sky better offering me twenty five quid to cash out. So what do I do? Do I keep going see if we can get to the Wembley and get me five hundred quid, or do I double my money and cash out for twenty five quid? <laughs> Ooh, um, I don't know. What, what have you got in your account? What do you mean? Well, if you're going to cash out, you're going to you're going to sort of re re put it in your account, are you? Yeah, I'll take the cash. It'll be twenty five quid. I'll take so that'll go in my account, and then I'll I'll take that money home. But if I let it run. And we get to Wembley and win it. I could wind up with five hundred quid, couldn't I? Yeah, I'm thinking keep it in. I think you've got. I think yeah, magic of the cup and that. You've got to. You've got to yeah. keep it in for me. Um, yeah. Not a master. Of, I'll, I'll only do one pound and two pound because I'm not. I'm one like the last of the big spenders when it comes to comes to that. But then I do put like sort of eight teams on when you know you're picking teams. Oh, and you, you seem to like you know you watch the uh, the EPL uh, show on. Is it Bravo? Couple of like yeah. keep a cheeky eye on that, and you think, oh yeah, Knott's Forest, I've you know pretty good at home. I will put them on, you know, little things like that. You know, sometimes it comes off, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, I'm just following one tonight. I've got Southampton and Brentford to draw, Leeds to win, and Everton to beat Salford City. At the moment, I've only got Everton right; the other two are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, don't bother betting, kids. It's not not big and it's not clever. Yeah, don't bet. <laughs> bet responsibly when you do. Yeah, we'll be a mug. <laughs> Don't be a monk. Um, other other news, uh, Paul. Um, youngster Lewis Roberts has has, has left. Uh, he's going to sign for Swinton uh, for next season. Uh, Follow Lane youngster. Um, I had I I hopes for this kid. Um, yeah. Bit disappointed he's got to go, but I can see probably why because obviously there's a lot of bodies in front of him. He's got he's got age on his side. He needs experience, and I'm sure Stuart Littler and, and Swinton uh, will give him that. Do you know what, Robert? I think it's the perfect, perfect move for him. Um, I'm not saying he, he's not good enough for Salford, not not whatsoever. And I don't want to be disrespectful to the, to the young lad, but I think the way things are at the moment now, with no reserve team and no no academy, his chances at Salford are going to be limited because he's he, he's not going to get the games to pro- progress and. If we had a reserve team, he could shine in that, couldn't he? And then progress to the first team. But because we haven't, he's obviously not 
he's going to find it hard to get in. So with him going to Swindon, I think it's a perfect move for him, really, because he can impress there. And then, you know, the world's his oyster. So you've only got to look at young Matty Ashton, who's at, who's at Warrington now. I mean, my dad was watching Rochdale Mayfield quite a lot. Matty played for, for Rochdale Mayfield, and he was a star for them. Swinton came in and signed. He was an absolute star for Swinton. And then he's going to sign for Warrington and he scored the match-winning trial last week against Castleford and he's he's a fantastic young player. So by no means just moving down a level to to the lower league does it mean you, your career's going off the track. Not at all. I think you, you, you're doing the right thing and I think he'll come back stronger and you know you might see, see him signing back for Solford, you might see him at somewhere else, but I think he'll go great for Swinton. He's got a good coach there with him in Stuart Littler as well. Some good players at Swinton around him as well who are going to look after him. So... It's a tough league that as well as next season are going to be some fantastic teams in there. You look at Lee's recruitment, Featherstone's recruitment. Um, yeah, I think he's got a real opportunity there and I'm sure he'll grasp it. Yeah, like, like you said, I think it might be like an opportunity for him to develop and yeah, I suppose... Uh, Ian Watson will keep a, keep an eye on him. He, you know, there's nothing wrong with us going back in for him. And you know, when he's when he's developed over the next couple of years, you know, the strange things have happened, like um, you know, other players that that have fled the nest and gone. Uh, you know, we always, we always keep an eye on like uh, like your mate who went to York, Chris. Um, Chris Bryan. Mm, Chris Bryan. He was a he was a good player, and he still I think he signed a new contract with York. Though, unfortunately, he, he um, but I'm, sport, I'm sure we're, we're still we're still looking. Yeah, I've just seen that news um, just come through tonight on Twitter that he signed a, a new contract. I'm really pleased for Chris as well. I, I, I'd have loved to have seen him stay at Salford. Terribly unlucky with injuries, but what a fantastic player he was, fantastic talent. So I hope he has a really good season next year when uh, when York City Knights start again. And, you know, we're going off on a bit of a tangent here, but York, good club, lovely stadium, massive potential up there in that part of the world. I know there's a lot of teams in Yorkshire, but that part where York is... They're out on a bit of a limb there, and I think they've got real, real potential there. I'd love to see them in Super League and sort of knocking on the door for Super League. So I hope they have a really good year next year. Um, the Hull FC games organised for the 24th of September, uh, 8.15 kickoff. Paul um, on Sky again. Um, another big game. Is it 8.15 kickoff? I thought it was 6 o'clock. Uh, I think it's 8.15. Is it 8.15? Might be. Check. Check. He's on the, te- he'll be on the television. <laughs> That's what we'll say. Yeah, keep your eye on it because it, the, the the fixtures sort of chop and change quite a lot at the moment, don't with players pulling out and, and things like that. So yeah, just keep your eye on that. You see, you see it'll be either one of the two anyway. One, it's on a Thursday, isn't it? Is it a yeah. week on a week on Thursday? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's all the news we've got. Next up on the podcast, uh, we've got Paul's interview uh, with Chris Wellham as he looks forward to the, the Challenge Cup um, on Friday. Right, I'm delighted to say for Devil in the Detail and Salford City Radio Sports Zone show, I've been joined by Salford Centre Chris Wellham. Good evening, Chris. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. Thank you. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Not too bad. Getting getting by, mate. I'm just uh, we're just gonna have a chat about the Challenge Cup uh, tonight. Your your memories of the competition growing up. We've got a big quarter final coming up this Friday. Uh, you're looking forward to the match. I am, yeah. Um, and then we can trade in into a quarter final against a, a good Catalan side. So I mean, if nothing gets you more more motivated than a, a quarter final. You gotta win two games to get to Wembley, so I mean that's what that's what we're thinking our heads two games during the final, so we'd wanna have a real good push and put our best foot forward this year at the weekend. Do you? I mean, I don't. I know you don't target games, and, and Watto's not that sort of coach. But obviously, with the way things have gone in the league, it's going to be difficult to to make the playoffs now. It, does the cup sort of become a priority now? Like you said, two games to Wembley. It must be something that you and the boys are targeting now. Yeah. Well, we goes at the beginning of the year. I feel everything does, um, and one of our goals was we wanted to win something, um, and as you would have said. Realistically, getting into that playoff spot is going to be very, very difficult for us now. Um, so the Challenge Cup is is not all an end all, but I mean, it's our main goal now. We want to we want to win that. Uh, as, as I said, we're into, straight into a quarter final playing a game. So I mean, we're not we're not cutting up at the weekend. It's a semi final. It's anyone's game. 
Yeah, that's right. What What are your members of the cup growing up? I mean, a lot of emphasis these days, particularly since Super League started, has been on the grand final and the Super League. But to me, and I think a lot of other fans of a certain generation, the Challenge Cup is like the holy grail of rugby league. And I suppose those those sort of Wembley finals are something you see on the telly growing up. Can you Can you share some of them memories? You, did Were you always a big fan of the cup? I was a big fan of the club, yeah. I always loved going to games and watching it. I shouldn't really say this, but I was a whole FC supporter. Uh, I played for OKR, but I was a whole FC supporter when I was younger. And I always remember going to watch them in the cup and, you know, like 2005 win. Uh, well, it won at Wembley, it was at the, I think it was at the Cardiff Stadium, wasn't it? Uh, I always remember a year for them, uh, unbelievable. And, you know, to think of myself that I played in one of them. Um, albeit not not the right result, but I'd love to go out, go out and get another, get another chance at winning the cup yeah you said that you mentioned that you played for Hulkai I was in the Challenge Cup final in 2015 obviously it wasn't the result you wanted they were quite well beaten that day Hulkai but what was it like what was the build up like that week you know going to Wembley it must have been really exciting oh it's unbelievable uh, you know I, I say this Hulkai is pretty much like a team like Salford you know people probably don't expect too much and it's good when you surprise people because we did last year with Salford getting to the grand final 2015 was pretty much like that, you know, we got to the Challenge Cup final, no one expected it, uh, we as a team believed in ourselves, but that week, after that semi-final win, the week was just, the Challenge Cup week was unbelievable, you know, the town was buzzing, uh, we, le- we left the stadium, we, well we ran at the Craven Park Stadium <clears throat> early in the morning, travelled to London, and there was thousands of fans, you know, seeing us out, and it was, it's not just a stadium, it was all the way out of all, you know, we had to make three or four stops, um, just to like thank the fans for going out, it was unbelievable. Uh, you know, getting down to to London, seeing Wembley Stadium, uh, taking it all in. Uh, and as I said, the result won, won what we wanted. We got convincingly beat. Um, but the experience was unbelievable. I'd like to experience that again. Is that are those experiences, like you said about the grand final? There, those experiences, you know, for a player like yourself, do you, do you cherish them things? Because you must think to yourself, these these moments don't often come along, do they? So it's like sort of a once in a career sort of thing. You know, the grand final last season for yourself. Do you, yeah. do you are they really really special then? Yeah, the um, when we went to the grand final last year. And week before, and we went to check all traffic out, other teams, have a look around. We all spoke, had a little word of each other, what it meant to each other. Um, and what I said is, like, I played, I played the game 14, 14, 15 years, whatever it is, uh, and I, I played in one, in one final, which was a Challenge Cup final at OKR. Yeah. Um, so that was my, me telling them that these games don't come around that often, unless you're in a, a world class team, such as, Wigan and Saints, stuff like that. These these games make around once in your career, so you got to really take them, take all the experience in uh, the atmosphere, all that kind of stuff, and I really, really remember it all because, as as we said, in my experience, I played the game time and I've been in one final, albeit two now with the grand final. Um, but yeah, both both losing, both losing finals. But I, I wish I could uh, get another another crack at each one of them. Yeah, well, as you said, we've got the quarter-final game on Friday. How have you found this season so far? I mean, it's obviously been frustrating. I mean, everybody's been through like the, the coronavirus. You yourself got a young family, and that it must be must be difficult. But has it been difficult the way the season's been stop-start? Because we you came back, you had a terrific win against Hull, and then you had to sort of isolate. Then there was another gap of matches. Then there's been a gap this week where there's been no game. So, do you think the side needs a consistent run of games now to find some rhythm? Oh, and. Um, you know the first, the first lockdown when we was off whatever it was three months whatever it was we, we trained really well in that time you know, I was getting we were getting um, keeping our fitness up and training training really well and we came back against that hole uh, made the ground running had a really good run uh, and then they played a couple of coronavirus issues so we had to isolate for, for two weeks really put it back put it back again and you know we came out and I think it was Leeds the next year after that, wasn't it? Was it Leeds? I think we got beat. Got beat after that, and then you know we had a, a week off this week because it was a Challenge Cup weekend. So it's been really really stop start. And as I said, we want to get a bit of cover again. You, you play a game, you play a game fitness sort of up a little bit, and then you have a week off. Then you, you go again and have another week off. We just want to have a few games in a row and really have a, have a crack at it. 
what did Wattle say to you after the cast game? Obviously, it was an improvement after that sort of Leeds defeat, but a lot of points were shipped in again. How are you finding it as a player, the, the new rules, like the no scrums and the six to go? Is it, has it been different this season? Well, obviously, it's been different. The game seems a lot quicker now. Um, what, what has Wattle sort of said to you? Have you, have you been working on your defensive working training for this Catalan game? Yeah, we have been. Uh, I think they've been, they've been pretty poor the last two games. We've been, uh, you know, Leeds really, really embarrassed us. Uh, like I said we did improve against Castleford, but we scored, we scored thirty points. We shouldn't be losing again if we're scoring thirty points. Um, so we were disappointed in in that side that we we conceded that many points. But it, as I said, it was an improvement against from the Leeds game. Um, but Water really prides himself on his teams on defence, so we worked with as well had the last couple of weeks on our defence. So we're not Catalan are a good a good attack tied, so off and we have to combat that and um, have a good crack. Have you looked at that Catalan side? I mean, I watched the game against Wigan at the weekend. They were, they were quite comfortably beaten in that game, but they have got some some class players, haven't they? Israel Falau. I mean, would, I'm not sure. Will you be facing Israel Falau? I think he's on the, the opposite side to you, isn't he, Falau? But they've got some excellent yeah. players in that side, haven't they? Yeah, they have. But as I said, you know, they've got convinced that weekend, but prior to that, they have a week off before that, maybe two weeks before that. So they've had a bit of stop starting. Once you had that little break and that first game back, it's, it's so tough. Yeah. Um, so again, with, with that game under their belt, I would expect that their their fans this game a little bit, a little bit easy on the lungs for them. Um, so we weren't expecting a big game from them. They've had a game under their belt. So we'll see what we'll see what comes out the weekend. But you know, if we can if we can perform like we can do that weekend, we'll be happy with that. You certainly will, Chris. Well, well, thanks very much for taking the time out to speak to us this evening. And, uh, you know, best of luck for the rest of the season, but best of luck particularly on Friday in this game against Catalan. Let's hope we can get through to a semi-final of the Cup. And let's hope we can get to Wembley and get you a winner's medal before uh, before you retire. Yeah, he's right. Thanks very much, Chris. Thank you. So, Paul, that was a great interview with uh, Chris Wellham and we, we learnt a lot about his, uh, his passion for rugby. Yeah, we certainly... Lovely guy, Chris Wellham. I mean, you know yourself. You've interviewed him a few times. He seems always in the same mood when he comes at the dressing room. Uh, you know, really, really likable character. And I, I think he's been a fabulous player for Salford. I really do. I think he's given his all. He's been very, very consistent. Mister Consistency, really. Every week you get sort of an eight. You always say an eight out of ten performance out of him. And I think I think that's right. I think sometimes he's a ten out of ten. Really super player. Great handoff. Real ferocious in defence. Good try record as well, fantastic try record, and uh, you know he's 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 been a, a top player for us, and we've had real value for money out of Chris. And like he said there, he's he's played for a long time now, you know, fifteen years, and he's played in two finals. I'd I'd love him to to you know to get to Wembley with us and and win a major trophy because I think players like him deserve it. Yeah, he he talks about. Um, sort of simplifying uh, the sort of the journey to Wembley, talking about only two games to go, and I suppose a great mentality as as a player to 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 to, to have that because obviously we don't want sort of people start getting a bit nervous and and underperforming. So having that sort of simplifying the process and and you know making it taking the pressure off you off you and your, and your teammates is a, is only a good thing. That's right. That yeah, and I, I don't think we're under a lot of pressure for this this Friday. I, I'd say Catalans are probably the favourites in this game, aren't they? they? They've got quite a star-studded team, haven't they? Of, of international players, and you look at the likes of Sam Tompkins and Israel Falau and, and, and people like that. So the, the pressure is going to be on, on, on the Dragons, I would think, really. You know, considering where they are in the table as well. So. Like Chris says, we, we, we're two games away from, from Wembley, aren't we? And, you know, anything can happen in a semi-final, as, as we know. Um, but we've, we've, we've got a big task against Catalan because I can see them wanting a reaction after they um, they lost to, to Wigan at the weekend just gone. So it's going to be a tough game, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, he talks about his Challenge Cup memories as well. Uh, being a Hull FC fan, uh, growing up, he talks about um, when Hull FC won the Challenge Cup at, at Cardiff Millennium Stadium. I was there that day. And the and the Hull fans were amazing. It was unbelievable. It was really, even though I'm not a Hull fan, but you know the atmosphere and, and the emotion of it all. Uh, I think when it was Paul Cook, I think went under the post to, to win the game, and the fans went absolutely mental. So you know I can understand where 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 it was coming from with all that. 
25-24, I think it finished up. Mm-hmm. Well, it was only a point, and it one that I remember watching. It was a fantastic game, real fantastic game. You know, Paul Cook. I think not long after that, didn't Paul Cook leave all, and he went to Ulcar, didn't he? In a in a, in a cross city move. So uh, I didn't know Chris Wellen was an Ul FC fan because I know he played for the Robins. I thought he was an Ulcar fan, but um, but no, yeah, he, he 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 said about that. So it's a it's a real rugby league city that whole, isn't it? The the rivalry that those two have got between themselves and. You know, you go back to 1980, they played each other in a cup final, didn't they? And sort of last one out of Hull turned the lights out because it was uh, 100,000 there, I think, that day. So, um, so yeah, great traditions with it, with the cup. I mean, it's something I've grown up with over the years and watching the finals on, on BBC and that and always wanting Salford to be in one and be disappointed every year, really, for the last 30, 30 or so years. So I think I think we do a, a Wembley trip, aren't we? Hopefully this, this, this year can, can be the one. Yeah, it talks about sort of the magic of the cup and uh, how it, you know, the fans and the players get sort of whipped up into it. And, you know, I suppose for a player, he says that it's it's a, a big moment in anyone's career. And, you know, he's only experienced a, a Challenge Cup and a, and a Grand Final in his career. And, and he points out, you know, that he talks to younger players and says, look, you know, in these big games, you've got to make the most of them because they're not, they don't come around every day. Well, that's right. I think you do, Rob. I think, you know, sometimes you can take things for granted, can't you? And, you know, a player like Chris has played for a long time, but he's not played at like a St. Helens or a Wigan or, you know, a team that's getting to finals every season. He's he's had to work hard for everything that he's got. So I think you, you do you do cherish those, those moments. And, um, you know, I cherished the grand final last year, as I'm sure all the Salford supporters did, because you never know when you're going to get to another another occasion like that again. So, obviously, we didn't win that game, but it was just great to be there and part of the occasion. So, you know, I can't imagine what Wembley would be like. It's like Chris said, the whole build-up to it just sounds amazing. You know, the, the Wembley week and travelling down there and all that. It must, be, it must be absolutely outstanding. And I just made the point of saying to him about, the grand final and Super League because I think since Super League started a lot of people sort of forget the Challenge Cup a bit but it's still a, a fantastic tournament so much history behind it as we've already mentioned you know we were talking about the water splash before and fantastic competition and alright this season it's going to be a bit watered down because of the, the people having buys and obviously a lot of teams have dropped out and not been able to play in it but there's still some really cracking games this weekend and you know I'm sure there'll be some fantastic semi-finals as well and what we'll do now, Paul, we'll start talking about that because, uh, like I said, it's going to be an exciting game. It's time for the Devil of the Deep So, Catalan Dragons this week in the uh, the Challenge Cup. Um, Challenge Cup brings all kind of memories back. It's it's the big one. It's the one that us fans uh, want to win, and you know we're all looking forward to it. Yeah, really looking forward to it. It's going to be strange, not you know, with, with no crowd there and, and behind closed door doors at St Helens' Stadium at the um, Langtree Park, I think it's called, or whatever it's whatever its name is now. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's a massive game for us. Um, it's, it's live on the television and, and we're, we're looking for a response as well we've had two defeats haven't we on the TV in the last couple of weeks against Leeds and, and Castleford so what we'll be looking for a performance and from what I saw of, of Catalan last week I think I think they're beatable I mean I thought Wigan were excellent in defence last week real resilient real tough tough Wigan team and Catalan really couldn't break Wigan down I think that's how we've got to be we can't be cheap in defence we can't give things away we've got to make Catalan scrap and work hard for everything and I think for me they tend to run out of ideas so I think that's what we need a really tough defensive performance on uh, on Friday night Yeah watched the Catalan game against Wigan uh, last week um, it kind of reminded me of, of, of the some games that we've had in during, during the in our history where you know Wigan were the better side and we just couldn't well, Catalan just couldn't sort of like break them down. or couldn't figure out how to how to do it, and I think there's a lot of that. Uh, we've we've done that before, and you and you can see it, and it gets frustrating for everybody. So it'll be interesting to see how Catalan react to that because it's going to be obviously the fifth, I think, now in the league after a good start. You know, is this the start of their spiral? Uh, that's that's the big question, isn't it? Um, and you're hoping that. Us knocking him out of the cup, um, you know, this week uh, might continue that spiral. Yeah, I don't think you can take Catalan for granted, though. It's like, yeah, I thought Wigan were great in defence and they frustrated him. 
they played the perfect sort of game because it was sweltering up conditions there in, in Perpignan at the weekend, I believe. So, yeah, they did. They played the perfect game. They quietened down the Catalan pack. You know, when that Cassiano came on, he's absolutely huge, isn't he? And he's like a wrecking ball when he runs forward. But they stopped him in his tracks. They stopped Remy Casti as well. Israel Falau, who was an absolutely tremendous player. You know, fantastic with the ball. He's offloading. He never hardly got a touch of the ball. They just stopped him getting the service, so we didn't really see much of him. When we did, he, he, he sort of created a, a try, I think, towards the end, and they scored a couple of tries, Catalans. But no, Wigan played the perfect game, and I think that's what we've got to do. We've got to frustrate you know, Catalans, slow him down, not let him get into any sort of rhythm, and then play our game off the back of that, because we know we can score points. We scored 30 points against, uh, against Castleford, and to score 30 points, you should be winning the game. So defence is the key, I think, for, for, for me going forward this, uh, this Friday night. Yeah, I think it's it's more of a, a mind game really now because, like I said, Catalan didn't really fire against Wigan. You know they'll be looking at each other for response. So if we can match them uh, and and turn the screw again, then they might start to panic then and and not be not play the the game they they're capable of. And we've got the players to punish them, haven't we? If if we click into gear, Paul, you know you know we can we can give Catalan a good idea. Yeah, we can. We can. I mean. They always strike me, Catalan, as that sort of side. They like to play a flamboyant style of rugby league, but they they tend to get frustrated pretty quickly. I mean, they have a plan A, and if it doesn't work, they they tend to go into the shell a bit, don't they? You know, they've got some some big characters on there. You know, Sam Tompkins, I noticed on on Saturday, he was questioning a lot of decisions, getting very frustrated, and you know that that's no good. It rubs off on the the rest of the side there. I know James Maloney couldn't really get into the game either. He struggled, so there's no doubt they've got some quality. If you go on paper, they've got one of the best sides in the in the league, without a doubt. So uh, they've got a few injuries at the moment as well, which have hampered them. But um, I think Josh Drinkwater is a massive miss for them because he's a terrific player. He didn't play at the weekend, and I think he's still injured, so he's a miss for them. But no, the you know it's not often teams play poor two weeks running either. You normally get a reaction. So I'm expecting Catalan to be a lot better than they were against Wigan. But having said that, I didn't think they were completely poor against Wigan I thought Wigan played really well so you only play as well as a team lets you we've got to make sure we don't let Catalans play it's all about the reaction but it's it's what that reaction is isn't it that's the, that's the thing it's yeah. you know they could they could come out all guns blazing or, or you know they could start to fold and and that's I suppose that's where the the important thing our players you know we, we're going into this uh, sort of challenge cup game uh, in our position in the league you know we know that it's all or no, it's all or nothing really for us um so when it when push comes to shove and, and the last you know sort of 20 minutes when everyone starts getting tired uh, you know we might find that extra gear and and and, and get through yeah, let's hope so. I mean, I was going to say there, it's important that we get a good start. But after the cast game, we're going 18 nil up. Perhaps it's not important that we get a good start. It's because um, we, we, we chucked that lead away, didn't we? So I think attitude's a big thing for me on, on Friday night. We've got to be top-notch on attitude. We've not got to give anything away, like I said before. We've got to be really tight, you know, um, very resilient, and make Catalan work for everything, frustrating. Be, be difficult to play against, and um, I'm sure we'll come through because we've got the players. We've got the players to cause them problems. You know, Callum Watkins is in the squad as well. Will he get a run out? I'm not too sure. Niall Evans is injured, so Ian Watson's going to have to uh, shuffle things round. Dan Sargent has come back in, so it's going to be interesting. He's got, you know, um, some conundrums there. There, Watto to uh, to pick there in his three quarter line is his fullback as well. So it'll be interesting to see the uh, the starting lineup. But we've got the players and the talent to uh, to cause Catalan's problems. No doubt about that. Uh, Evans being out. That might be a bit of a, a problem, really, because obviously Evels is, is one of our uh, sort of main sort of strike players. So, like I said, Ian Watson having to shuffle his pack. Like I said, Sargeson coming back in gives him options. Callum Watkins potential debut. Um, yeah, we've got we've got quality, you know, in in the back department. Uh, it's just a matter of finding space for them all. Yeah, Nile Levels will be, will be a miss. There's no doubt about that, Rob. He's a talisman for us as well. He, he scores a lot of tries, doesn't he? He's a great support player. And nine times out of ten, when you're on the back of a break and you're looking for someone in support, Nile Levels is there popping up to, to touch down, isn't he? So we'll, we'll miss Nile. It'll be interesting to see what he throws in at fullback. We're also missing Ken Seo as well, who I think is a big miss. But, you know, the guys the last couple of weeks who, who've come in have done a decent job. I think Elliot Key has been excellent every time he's played, every time he's been called upon. Kristen Inu looks like he's getting back in his stride as well. You've got Sargent coming back, Chamberlain's there as well. Um, Chris Wellham 
no doubt it'll, it'll be in the side. He's missed the consistency, as we've said before. Callum Watkins is waiting his chance. So there's, there's players in there now who've got to prove a point. You know, if Callum gets his chance in, in the team, he'll want to really impress, won't he? I believe he's been doing really well in training. So it's, it's going to be exciting. Give us a, a score prediction, Paul. Uh, I'd like to say a close one and not a lot of points because I know we've been talking about these sort of big cricket score games, but last weekend there were some really tight games. I know the Warrington game was only 12-10. So I'm going to go for a bit of a tight one. I'm going to go Salford 16, Catalan 12. 16-12, Salford. Um, I I think Catalan on the slide. It might come back to bite me, that comment. But I understand by it. I think we're going to frustrate Catalan as much as we as Wigan did. Um, Magic of the Cup. I'm going to go Salford thirty, Catalan sixteen. I'll settle for that. Yeah, thirty sixteen, and then through have to the next round of the, the cup. That'd be a, that'd be pretty good. Um, and then we can start dreaming of Wembley. Have you got them scores down? Yep. Good. We're still on Always for this do. Nando's. Still on for this Nando's, aren't we? Yeah, we're, st- <laughs> we're still waiting. We have to go for a social distance one. They'll, they'll have gone into liquidation by the time we get a score, <laughs> right? <laughs> the, the, the amount of players that have Nando's, I don't think so. No, no, you're right there, actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, make, it makes you wonder why they didn't do a sponsorship deal, really, rather than... Uh, Rather than with pizzas, they've got they've got more more take up on chicken, I reckon. Well, yeah. What what would you rather have after after like a workout? I know when I've done my training and that, like a Saturday when I've done my boxing, the first thing I want is some ham or some chicken or something. I won't I won't go for a pizza. It's not something that mind you. It's perhaps it's different for players and that perhaps because they don't get to have have that in the week. It's something they look forward to. Bit of a tradition. We'd have to speak to some conditioner person who, who knows why they have fatty foods after a big exercise unless one of our listeners know why uh, why the uh, why players and any athletes have fatty foods after games maybe it might be something to do with like replenishing the bodies or something maybe yeah I'm not very good on the old nutrition and that I don't really know but I think it's the only time they can have stuff like that you, you think about how many calories they must burn off in a match you're probably mm. dying for something to eat aren't you, when you come off the pitch you are, you are. Well, I say you are. I don't know. Presume, presume you are. Yep. So that's the, that's the end of this week's podcast. Just a quickie, Paul, before we go. Um, September eleventh, uh, nine years ago, uh, Catalan Dragons, our last home game at the Willows. Um, so what an emotional day it was. Saw it tick up on the old uh, Facebook as a memory. Um, started to well up again. Yeah, well, I saw a few comments. People saying what a great day it was. I thought it was a really crap day, to be honest. With you. We got absolutely, we got absolutely hammered at home to Catalan, and played rubbish. And it was our last game at the Willows. It was a real big anti-climax, really. And I remember feeling a bit upset at the end of the game. You know, I was in the North Stand that day. And yeah, it was just we never got going, did we? We never got going that that day. And it was yeah, anti-climax. Awful day, really, but it was it was a day to celebrate, obviously, because we was leaving the Willow. But I think for me, that whole season of 2011 was a, a letdown. I can remember losing in the cup against LKR at home, 25 nil, and it was just I don't know. It, it had that sort of feeling that there was something was coming to an end, and it, it was, wasn't it? It was the end of an era. So yeah, it's not something I look back on and, and sort of celebrate that September the 11th. It was a sad a sad day, really. Yeah, well, it was it was sad, but then also it was a it was a it was good. It was nice because obviously all the people that I'd got I'd been been got the match with for the last whatever ten fifteen years, you know, it was a moment we could all share together and going forward, it was a new chapter that you know going into the, the AJ Bell and you know the new dreams and the new um, you know possibilities what would have opened up. It was it was sad uh, that we were leaving the Willows, but. You know, even though they knocked knocked it down, took it all away, they, they can't take the memories, can they? That's that's the most important thing. No, no, the memories will always be there, won't they? And I think about the Willows probably most days. Actually, it'll be on the back of your mind. Though you'll think about it's a bit without being dead dramatic. It's a bit like someone that's, that's passed away, and I suppose that they're not there anymore. And you, 
they've gone, but you you don't forget them, do you? Sort of thing. So that's how I sort of look at it. And you know, I've said before, if I won the lottery, so I'd buy all the houses and rebuild it brick by brick, you know. But it's not going to happen. It's it is memories, and the memories that you remember forever, aren't they? And my memories aren't particularly matches, really. They they more sort of you know going with my dad tonight games and the smells of like the winter green and the hot dogs and the. The noise of the burger van, that generator noise that you could hear when you went in. It's just, just everything about it. it was magical. It was magical going there, and I loved every minute of it. Every time I went in there, and you know, I'll never forget it. And I've got plenty of videos, DVDs, and the matches, and I can stick them on and watch them. But it's, it's, it's sad that we're not there anymore. But I'm just thankful we've, we've got a club and we can still carry on watching them. It was it was evol- it was all about evolving from that point, though, Paul, because it's the it's the people for me. It was all it always was, really. Like you said, the sights and the smells, and you know, all experiencing it together and having a laugh. And I suppose you know we've been at the AJ Bell for what nine years or something now, so it's beginning to to feel a bit like it's never going to replace the Willows, but I think we're getting that kind of um, community feel back, and and that's what you know what is all, all important because when obviously when we started at the AJ Bell, people were talking about oh it didn't feel right, didn't feel right, but I think the club and the, and the stadium people have really kind of fix that and, and it's true it's probably not there just yet but it's going in the right direction um and everyone's you know pushing the right direction to make it a success so first nine years yeah it's been it's you know and now we've got obviously memories of of grand final uh you know run-ins and and you know things that we can lay at the memory door and we can build on that uh, moving forward yeah so I, I can remember uh people saying oh it's got no soul AJ Bell Stadium when we first moved there. I don't think it'll ever be the Willows. It never will be. I don't think you can ever replace that. But um, I think now we are building memories there and it, that, that soul is starting to come. I think a soul takes time, doesn't it? You know, 100 years ago when we first moved to the Willows, that was probably a bit soulless at the start. But it, it takes sort of generations to, to build that, doesn't it? So I think over the years, you know, you look back at last season, some of the great nights we had there, that old KR game we won on Golden Point, the Casper game in the playoffs. You know, you remember them games. Them games were at the Willows. Them games were at the AJ Bell. So, yeah, I think it's it's getting that, mate. I enjoy going there now, and um, I just can't wait to get back there and and get back there going every week. And you know, you you look about the excitement and the, the squad that we've got, and you know, things things are things are looking good at the moment. And uh, yeah, we're in a quarter final of a cup on on Friday night, and looking forward to that. Yeah, going to be exciting, super excited about that. Big thanks for tuning this week's uh, podcast. I've been Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil of Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.